Hi there, you're listening to the Next Level Podcast, powered by ShineNow. Welcome back, everybody, to the final, oh my goodness, the final episode of the Next Level Podcast. Has it already been six episodes? This is insane. I'm just like looking back on the entire journey and I'm just like, wow, all these inspirational people that I've always looked up to sitting on this couch. But I guess they say they you save the best for last. Very, very glib. I hope the rest don't listen to, to this podcast. But with me today yeah. is Timmy Shimmy. Did I pronounce it right? Yeah. Yeah, one of the, I think, biggest artists on, on social media in Singapore. Uh, but I, I don't know how to explain the kind of works you do. It's mm. like surrealist. How do, mm. how do, how do I, how, how would you explain it? Um, I think generally it fits into the pop surrealist um, sort of genre that is um, like, if I were to put it simply, it's kind of like what you see um, in fine art galleries that's like kind of high art. And then what you see as like commercial um, um, graphic art is like um, on the other end. And then um, pop surrealist and like lowbrow art is soft like in the middle it right. fits like in the middle so it's kind of in between the two worlds of um, commercial and fine art okay yeah <laughs> that sounds very interesting to me because um like fun fact i i graduated from art school oh yeah like and uh it's been a while since i've, I've heard all these artistic terms um yeah. but we can get into that in a little bit but then um yeah i just want to introduce you welcome mm. you to the podcast this is the next level podcast where we speak to industry professionals to kind of like le- le- learn about their journey the mm. insights that they've had um and really like what brought them to the next level so mm. hopefully like the listeners today they'll listen to you and be like oh cool you know i i can reach the next level as well mm. yeah are you ready <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of pressure but okay. yeah i'll do relax my best <laughs> la, relax, relax. yeah so um let, let's talk a little bit more about like how you started right because mm. um i mean i have this theory that like not not a lot of like young singaporeans would be like confident enough to say i can be an artist in singapore mm. so like how did you start being interested in art and at what point did you say like okay you know i want mm. to do this properly um well i think like a lot of um singaporean kids right i think there is this pressure coming from parents that are always afraid that if their like child decides to go the artistic path um mm-hmm. they are gonna um not be able to support themselves um or they're gonna struggle um financially when they're older so i think like my parents although they know that i was creative and they know i was art- artistic since i was a kid um they were cautious so so it's like half of them like wanted to support but half of them were like okay but maybe you should um do something a little bit more practical mm-hmm. um and i think what actually um like like how I found the middle ground is basically telling them I would do design. Right. Um, so, so I actually was, I, I was privileged enough to go through like the typical um, arts. So I did like arts O-level, arts A-levels. Okay. Um, then when I told my mom, I want to go to like TP to do design, then my parents were like, yeah, like we know it's a good school, but maybe you should wait till you're a bit older to decide you want to be a designer. So they forced me through the JC path. Right. Um, and um, yeah, so basically that was kind of that, that I could sense that cautiousness that was um, there, but then it all came with good intentions. Um, so eventually when I went to uni and I was like, this is it for me. Like this is um, um, like, I don't know whether I'll be a designer, whether I'll be an animator or anything. Like at a point I was so open to all kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
my my parents already knew that this was what I wanted and they never stood in the way. They never go like, oh, like this is not what we want you to do. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. So slowly it was just me like deciding um how much of the commercials I want to do and how much of the final I want to do. And then until today, I'm struggling with that balance. But then I think it's natural. Like it's part of the... Right, right, right. Yeah, like our practical Singaporean side in our... Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think Singaporean artist is a very interesting breed, right? Because, mm. I mean... Most of us go through of the very like the same foundational um journey, and then that's where you like continue and then like go into further of like what you are interested in. So I want to ask you like, how did you find like your genre? Oh, how did I find my genre? Mm, that's an interesting question because usually um like when I grew up, right, I look looked up to a lot of different types of artists. Like I think mostly illustrators. I was like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be like a like uh, an animator. So like fun fact, like my signature, right, actually says California. Like people always ask me why that's my signature, like right California. But that's because like when I was a kid, I actually looked at, um, I think my parents brought me to watch like Lion King. And okay. then um, I just saw it. I was like, I want to make movies like that. I want to tell stories like that. And um, they were like, oh, you can't do that in Singapore. Like you have to go overseas. Um, that was kind of the thing. And then I, I went to research and I was like, that's where they make the movie. Right. And, and um, I actually had my signature since I was a kid, like like in primary school, like lower primary. Okay. Um, and ever since then, I, I sort of like use it as an anchor. But then so many things changed. And um, I think that's part of the creative process. Like a lot of things that you set out to do, they, they kind of um, um, change as you grow older and you realize there are other practical um, things involved. Um, but the core is always the same, that you always want to tell stories or there's always a part of you that always want to create and always want to express. Um, that part never changed, even though like now I'm doing something that's completely not what I expected. Yeah. Right. Mm. So like... Were there any like influencers that like not influencers mm. but influencers <laughs> that like you 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 look to um with regard to like the the types of art like let's say mm. like pop surrealism right yeah yeah definitely I think um um like when I was uh in secondary school and in JC like I used to go to Basha like the graphic yeah, bookstore yeah, yeah. and then love, they had love. <laughs> it's, it's love. amazing right yes, yeah yes. like plug <laughs> yeah go check out Basha support them yeah they're really really good um the the shopkeepers are really nice as well so. Um, because I, I was not able to access that type of art. It was not like um, like the type of art that you will see in um, museums in Singapore. It's not the kind of art that you would also see like in um, on like mainstream media. So yeah. Basha was basically where I I found all these like juxtaposed magazines and okay. all these like high fructose magazines. And I saw like um, the works of um, artists like Mark Ryden and mm-hmm. all these uh, um, artists that use a lot of like surrealistic and um, um, like sometimes a bit like occult looking, but. <laughs> I think I was kind of drawn to it because it was a bit creepy and it was a bit cute. And then at a point, I was like super done with like things that were very cute. Okay. Like I wanted to just find that balance between um things that were able to trap between the two worlds. And um I was very drawn to it and I spent so much time there just because I couldn't afford, you know, how expensive yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. So I was just like, okay, when I grow up, this is it. And then, um yeah, so it's very crazy. Yeah, there were there were a lot of heroes that I looked up to, um, painters, illustrators, and um, they they were just like, I think what is nice about it, like it's like um, what kids have today on Instagram and yeah. and YouTube is that they can look into worlds that are not in their direct environment. Yeah. Um, for me, Basha was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so those were my influences. Nice. Yeah. Now you you mentioned Instagram, right? And of course, mm-hmm. like I think um. Instagram is a huge part of like, you know, the opportunities that we've been get, getting. And in fact, like the team here also knows, know, know of you because of Instagram, of how mm-hmm. popular you've become on the platform. Um, how did you start to grow 
grow your audience uh, with the kind of work that you did? Mm, I think um, I think stroke of luck. Many strokes of luck. Um, because I actually created my accounts. Um, I used to have one of those accounts that are like really... Um, I just throw everything there. Okay, like my okay. travels, my clothes, my whatsoever. And then one day I realized that... Uh, um, I just randomly posted some of my art that okay. was not even my art in the first place. It was just like um, I was sculpting something silly at home and then I just posted it. It was like the the heads with the pistachio shells. Yeah. And then people were just like, oh, like that's so cute. Like you should um, make more of that. And then slowly, I think as I I made um, these works again and again, then they sort of like became viral because they are so visceral. Like people just look at them and think, um, that's something really strange and yeah. um, they share it with like their own captions and I think that's how it sort of snowballed um, I don't think that was uh, when I created it there was no uh, I had no expectations that it would um, have that traction um, so it's a pleasant surprise but I think it comes with like a cause as well yeah yeah. I think it's very interesting because like the, the kind of works you do attracts all sorts of people right there's like the the fine art people who appreciate like these kind of like works and then there's like the people who just meme you mm. know and that that's very much so part of like internet culture right? yeah exactly yeah so I think mm. it's quite a like a interesting uh, spot that you, that you found yourself in I think mm. um, has there been any like interesting or like uh, memorable experiences that have come out of like Instagram the Instagram world world mm, well i don't think that there's like there's like one particular one that really stick out but i think one of those things that i really really appreciated from um the instagram community is just like really being able to meet people that are like-minded mm -hmm. regardless of where they are from so like even now i have like um like really good friends that i text even more than some of my real friends wow. um um and uh they are all over the world but we just bond because um they are also creators themselves like they they sculpt or they illustrate and um we just have a lot of common interests and things like that and i think it's always small um things like that that happen like how i always tell people that i try to connect to the people that write to me and the people who comment on my Instagram because I want to treat everyone like an individual mm -hmm. and I think um and every connection to me is soft like important and precious and um that's what I try to keep even though it's like kind of difficult yeah, sometimes love yeah. that uh, I, have, I have a question about like the, the skill set that's required to be an artist right because like I mean from the consumer point of view and I look at your works I'm like oh that's great but then like I would never know how to like create mm -hmm. works like that yeah. um, and of course like in, I feel like not every Singaporean kid will be able to like know how to do things like that so mm -hmm. in terms of like skill sets right like what did you do or like what courses did you sign up for or what or programs mm -hmm. um, allowed you to like learn the certain like artistic skills or tools for you to make the, the work that you make today mm, I think a lot of it is just trying um, so, so like to share like a, a little bit of context, um, how I started sculpting was actually out of pure chance. So I was doing this, uh, noise mentorship. I'm not sure if you are familiar with it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I was doing this noise mentorship program and, um, I was being mentored by Pan, um, from Kinetic. I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, I was super like, 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 um, over the moon when, when he selected me. But, um, so basically like when I was sort of like paired up together with him and at a point I was like a true blown designer like I did a lot of graphic work I did illustration like 2D stuff um, and then he just looked at my work he was like it's interesting but you know like you can do this for your whole life you're going to become a graphic designer when you grow up but then um, why don't you just try something completely like 
like nobody will pay for it but then it just makes you happy and I right. I was like I'm gonna sculpt but I don't know how he was like it's fine like you won't know until you try and I think that spirit sort of answers your question is that sometimes um, I, I was never formally trained I never had like workshops or teachers telling me like oh this is how you you do proportions or this is how you do materials but it's just like buying it and then trying it and then burning it and then like you know sometimes you put it in the oven and it burns um i'm not saying it like metaphorically <laughs> but it, it literally burned um and and you just sort of try it again and um just find your voice and your own way of expressing with that medium um and then of course like finding references online that that sort of like help to guide you mm-hmm. um but i think a lot of these steps need to be motivated by by that individual that is pursuing this craft Nice. Mm. Well, so it all started from like, you know, like a very simple conversation, right? Like, oh, this is crazy. Um, looking yeah. at the, the works you do, it's obviously like very signature. Like when I see photos, right? Like that, let's say I don't go to your profile, but it appears on my explore page or whatever. I'm like, I know that's Shimmy Shimmy. Um, I think a lot of artists out there want to be able to say, like when I create works, I want people to know it's me without even like my name being on it, right? Mm-hmm. So how what what was um in your in your headspace when you were trying to create that brand for yourself mm-hmm. or like a signature, you know, look? Mm, I think well, I think this is a, a very good question because a lot of like um younger creatives they always say like, How do you find your style? Yeah. Um I think it's well, like, I've never found a perfect way to answer this question because it's very, very tough. Like, I think um, I spent a great deal of years um, wondering what my style is and then I'll be like, I'll find some artists that I really like and be like, okay, this is my style. I'm going to do everything I I do from from like uh, from then on like um, in this particular style and I'm going to have my style. But that's usually not the best way um, we pick up a style. The best way to pick up a style is like just to... Um, like really just observe the things that you are drawn to, observe the things that you like. And from those um like images that you find interesting or those um artists that you look up to, like all these motives they will string up together. And that's how I found mine. Um in like knowing that I like things that are a little bit creepy and weird. But at the same time, like I just really love cute stuff. Like yeah. people always think, oh, like you are into gory things. But when you look at my discovery page on Instagram, it's like all puppies and like <laughs> and like like um like really cute stuff. Like I love all those like do, like um gut what's that thing called when you turn that ball in Japan? I, I don't know. What's gu- it called? Gu- gachapon machines. Right. Yeah. Gachapon. Like, I'm such a sucker for all those like really ugly, cute stuff. And um it's it's really about like merging all the fascinations and all the things that really draw you draw like draw you to um and then from there like your style would actually emerge like right. your yeah like you just need to do like sort, sort of like crystallize it and then yeah. it'll come out like it it's not sense. about yeah it's not about copying someone's yeah you, you know how they say like you're yeah, like kind of like the amalgamation of like the people that you hang around with i guess that's that right the creative sense also yeah yeah. All right. So when we come back from this short break, we will be talking about the difficulties and some obstacles that you faced. Um, you know, obviously, when you reach the level that you do, there's going to be a lot of like, um, I guess, hurdles that you have to jump over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we'll discuss that in just a little bit. We'll be right back. Deity Microphones. The next level podcast is made with Deity Microphones. They bring professional gear to content creators, filmmakers, and videographers of all levels alike. 
With JD microphones, you are assured of high-quality materials, immaculate design, and damage-defying durability. Visit Cathay Photo or City Music to get your very own JD microphone today. JD microphones. That's D-E-I-T-Y. Hey, it's still me, Joel. But I want to now plug the Shine Now event. So this is the Youth Unconference happening on 28 to 29 November. This year, it's a virtual event, and it will feature the likes of Uncle Roger, Nigel Ng, as well as Tableau from Epic High. So get your tickets now with more information at the Now Academy SG Instagram page. Welcome back, everyone, and I'm with Chimmy Shimmy. Uh, we were talking about cat pee before this, <laughs> but we'll leave that for you to find out. <laughs> you can DM us to, to ask us like why we were talking about cat pee. But segue, welcome back to the podcast, and I want to talk to you a little bit more about the obstacles that you face as an artist. Um, I think firstly with the decision to be. Um, like going into a creative field mm -hmm. uh, a lot I mean I come from the creative field as well and like a lot of my peers uh, say that like they had to face you know um, like skepticism from mm -hmm. family from friends even uh, when they decided to go into like a like I would I would say like an alternative career route right compared to like what is the typical mm -hmm. Singaporean uh, career paths so mm -hmm. like for you like how was your experience like in that capacity um I think for my parents, I'm lucky enough for them to like sort of realize that this is the path that I've chosen. And um, they never really question it, but they just like sort of, you know, like how I was sharing earlier yeah. about how um, it comes from a place where they are worried that I cannot support myself. So once I'm able to prove to them that I can, um, they sort of like relaxed. So like when I was in university, I was like very, very, um, I was struggling to get a lot of like freelance work um, on top right. of school. So it was not so much that I needed the money, but it's just to prove to my parents that like, hey, like, like um chill it's right, fine right, right. um and of course like uh, uh once that was uh like that appeased right um they never released really it in a way like i think the, the sculpture thing like to them is still a little bit strange um they're not against it but they just like don't really understand it uh -huh. um they're just glad that i'm also a designer so when people ask like, oh she's a designer and then they're like oh but your daughter also make the the weird babies right then they were like uh yeah she also do that <laughs> but that's not her full-time job so it gives them that kind of like um um, assurance um, that I'm doing something practical and something that's meaningful and then like sculpting is sort of my hobby but of course it's a lot more serious than than um than uh I think like what what appears to them right yeah how, how do your friends react when when they find out that like you do art well I think friends are usually very supportive mm -hmm. right friends are usually the, the family that you choose so yeah. um um I think friends uh like I've never had a problem like uh um, explaining to my friends like what I what I'm doing and um I think it also sort of like um like I grew up in a very artistic circle because like ever since um I'm six like 15 like a like O levels right I've been doing so much art so it's literally like everyone in my social circles are almost like all art people got it yeah, yeah so, nice. so I'm lucky in that way they're either like writers or like um architects or yeah there's no need to explain to them what I'm doing yeah 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 um when it comes to like the you know the industry itself, like or, mm. or this journey that you're on, were there any like let's say um, obstacles that you have to overcome during your your journey to get to where you are today? Mm, well, I think they they aren't exactly um, like 
like I won't say that they are like barriers because they are just things that will make me question um like what is my path and okay. what is uh, um but they, they earned exactly things that um were sort of like trying to beat me down or like trying to make me stop what I was doing. Um but I think it's always that decision whether um there's so many things that you can be and you can do. And um like sometimes you just have to like understand which which for example, like design and art, that's the constant conflict that I have. And um, sometimes like when a good design opportunity comes up and I'm, I'll go like one entire year without touching my art and I'll always ask myself, um, are there sacrifices that I'm making? I think that's usually the challenge that I face a lot. Um, like even even today, it's a, it's a thing because I work um, as a designer like five days a week. Right. Yeah, so... Um, if... Th- you know, a lot of artists actually say that uh, they go through sometimes this thing called an artist block. Like, mm-hmm. do you do you face that yourself? Yeah, I think I think it's very common, um, especially when your work reaches a level of um, of like uh, when it reaches a standard um, that you want to upkeep. And um, like for me personally, sometimes I'll feel very scared to experiment or like when I do something and people are like, oh, that's not really your style. That's not really you. Um, And then you're afraid that it will actually um, like create, like you'll make you go down a slump and then you will sort of like panic a little bit. I think, I think that is what creates uh, this book. It's not so much about like creating, but creating the right things. Like all these things are all imagined. Um, And of course, it's a real challenge that I think uh, a lot of artists would have, but then it's fine, like, just do it. Just, like, don't show it to anyone. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> like, so, do it in secret. So your 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 tip to overcoming artist block is just to just do just, first. Like, just take the first step, right? Yeah, like, just do yeah. first. Mm. I, think, I think when, I mean, I, I write. So, like, for, for me, it's also the same. It's just, like, just write first and then you can edit it later, you yeah. know? So, like, I, I get what you're saying. Um, you, you, I was thinking about how when you first started everything that you're doing, you you were kind of like just jumping into like the deep end and, and saying like, oh, I want to do sculptures right? and just try. No, no, no training, no whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you kind of like mastered like uh, uh, the, the art of sculpting, right? Yeah, are there any other mediums that you want to explore like at this point? Definitely. I think um, because I sculpt with polymer clay and I think polymer clay, it has certain... Um, um, issues with like longevity I think um, mm-hmm. when it comes to, like real collectors when they collect my work and they'll be like oh if it's done with polymer clay it might not last um, so definitely I'm thinking of like still staying in a sculpting genre like like sort of sculpting medium but like maybe using other types of medium like ceramics or silicon or um, just trying to see like how using a different medium can push it like maybe it will be more like gummy and um, it can create new possibilities so I think I think definitely the the like right, right. like I I do wonder whether my work can be something more in another medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is like a a dream like thing for you to do as an artist? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, like the idea of like okay, you know, you're talking about like uh creating textures that are like more like a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. But like in, on a larger scale, it's like what is something that you would love to be able to do. Like no production like no. limits. Yeah. Okay, no okay, no budget constraints. Um <laughs> I would love to do like a like a like a butcher shop, like a butcher theme hunted house. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would love like the whole building is just like pink, but then it's like really creepy, like surgeons and like 
<laughs> and like um humans like hanging and right. all these things. You know, yeah, you know, like you know who just house. popped into my mind? Who? Halloween Horror Nights. I yeah. feel like you can collaborate with them and like do like a a whole room, right? Of like your stuff. Like that'd be yeah. cool. Are you listening? <laughs> Results World. <laughs> Results World. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's up? Hit her up. Um, I want to also talk to you about like now we were talking about obstacles, right? So mm. um my my head just jumped into like social media and I'm sure that like with the the works that you do, not everyone's going to be receptive to them. And also, like, with the social media space, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of, like, people who just say whatever they want. Um, have you ever, like, have you faced, like, some, like, uh, na- like trolls on the internet or, like, nasty mm-hmm. comments? Yeah, definitely. I think um, sometimes, so it comes, like, in waves. Um, and it really depends on, like, who is sharing my work out there. Right. So my works are quite often, like, picked out by people who are, like, on the extreme, like, very, very conservative, like, people, usually not Singaporeans. Actually, surprisingly, um, a lot of these uh, things don't actually come from, like, the east and the southeast of Asia. Like, you expect, like, we are more conservative, yeah, but yeah. actually we are not. Like, like um, my, my works are actually quite well received, like, in, in for example, like, Thailand or, or um, like, Japan or... Um, like even uh, like Taiwan and places like that but then like you would see things coming in from countries like Germany and right. uh, um, like the states they will come and be like oh like you need like a god or um, like you are daughter of Satan or blah 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 and it got really quite bad like during the start of COVID I think that's one interesting pattern that um, I sort of see because they were like oh Asian artists oh like COVID-19 okay so she's like like we need to sort of like vent our frustrations on on this person right. um, and yeah like like uh, I usually get like a few very trolly kind of comments, but then with COVID nineteen, um, like I I started to see the race issues come in, um, wow. and it's because my works are so international, so um, it's it's not like I won't say that they are mean to the extent that it cripples me from making work, but um, it does make me realize that how um, like this sort of culture is actually so prevalent in. Yeah. Um, like online that um, like what what if it's happening to someone who is much younger and doesn't have that kind of control over my emotions like how much it would affect them like it really makes me think about like <laughs> like those poor people <laughs> but for me I'm just like uh, okay like I can't please everybody yeah, yeah. so how, how do you like manage that um, um restrict block or delete <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that's usually the best. Like, I'm not going to spend another second, like, you yeah. know, trying to reply them. And sometimes, of course, people who like my work, they will try to, like, speak up. And I really appreciate that um, because I always feel that it's stronger when it comes from someone that's not me. Um, but, of course, like, I, I always tell them, like, it's okay, you know, don't worry right. about it. Um, there are some people who really think that it's not, that I have some other agenda that I'm trying to push. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they, they do use my words, like, oh, um, um, she's, like, Pro, I think what's that like pro-abortion and things like that right, right. yeah so it's, it's a lot of things that they would attach their own meanings to and sort of like twist it right. it's a little bit like fake news and all this yeah yeah things that are but you're very nice to just block you know because I'm not very nice I feel like if I were you and I could like sculpt them I'll be like yeah hit on me then my next sculpture will be your face <laughs> On a pie. <laughs> so yeah. Like at least at least you're nice about it. So that's that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But do you do you, do you really want to spend time sculpting someone that Yeah, I will. And then I'll smash it. <laughs> Psycho. 
Well, no, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. Like, I mean, I feel like the I would like play troll a little bit as well, right? Because mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel like kind of if they come and attack you, I'll be like, ooh, you know, if they come and attack me and say like, oh, I'm like, like it's just satanic, right? They say it, like, I'll be yeah. like, yeah, I am, <laughs> like, and I'm gonna put a curse on you and your face, like, here, here's your yeah. photo, John from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like, I'm not, I, I shouldn't have pointed out some countries, but like, no, 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 no. there are a lot of like really, really nice people coming from everywhere. Yes, yes, like, yes, like yes. the states is one of my biggest. Um, like I showed most of my international shows in in um america so yeah sorry friends from germany and <laughs> in the states okay, like it's not everybody yeah it's not everybody no but you said us and i'm yeah US. And it, i circle back to like oh my god california your signature right yeah, so it's like yeah. how nice is it for you to be an artist and starting out and saying that like oh you know like us is a place that inspired me and now you're showing in the us yeah must be true. must feel good yeah. i would think yeah all right, when we come back from this short break, we're going to be talking about tips and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, advice that you can give to young artists who want to, like, join this industry. Okay. So we'll be right back. City Music. The Next Level Podcast is made with the Zoom Track L8 digital mixer for podcasts, live streams and music from City Music Singapore. City Music is home to well-loved brands like Martin Guitars, Black Star, Cork, Zoom, and many more. Musicians and podcasters, head over to their website, citymusic.com.sg, and get that new gear to take you to the next level now. Hey Siri, what is happening on the 28th and 29th of November? Shine Now 2020 will be happening on the 28th to 29th of November. Check out Now Academy SG on Instagram. Thanks. Welcome back, everyone. It is the last leg of our podcast. Uh, this is the part where we ask you for advice, for tips. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would start from like the, the baseline, which is that a lot of young artists in Singapore are scared to, to do art as like a career or like, you know, the creative path as like a designer or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're kind of like a, a living example that you can do a creative path. You can do... Um, even like uh, having a full-time job and then balancing it with like a artistic career. So what would you say to these young kids who are a little bit unsure about their future? Mm, I would say like, um, just go try it. And um, I feel that like uh, a lot of the fear that we have or this uncertainty that we have is all like a projection, it's all imaginary. Like somehow we, um, um, and I think like without that, we can live like, like richer and better lives. So like just, just put that fear aside and go try it. If you don't, um, if it doesn't work out, then you know that um, it's, it's really not for you. But I think one of the advice that I would give is that it's not going to be easy. Like a lot of people think that um, being an artist is like, uh, you get to do everything that you love and people will pay you for what you love. Like, I think, yes, like, um, a lot of good artists, um, when they achieve a level of, of, um, accomplishment or achievement, I think that happens. But then the early part of it, which 
I also went through is like um, you have to be very hungry and you have to like really just take any opportunities and work very very hard I think a lot of people don't see the behind the scenes of like what really makes a creator mm-hmm. um, you'll probably know because like it takes a lot of like you know bad projects and terrible things that you never want to see again um, to sort of like realize what you really love um, a lot of people think that you can get there like really quick but it's not really that fast some, some people spend like decades trying to achieve um, something but everyone should just be patient and like um, um, and not think that like oh my friend sort of like achieved what I want already and I didn't so maybe I'm not talented enough I think that's the mindset that really kills um, a lot of people who give up um, it's it doesn't run on a same timeline mm-hmm. everyone's yeah. on their own journey like, exactly basically. especially when it's creative work mm-hmm. yeah when it comes to social media I, I do think that um, the the likes of like Instagram, you know, even TikTok these days, like has given like a new kind of life to mm. what an, what opportunities an artist can have yeah. um, in a sense of like getting appreciated, getting new opportunities and whatnot. Um, like in your, in your experience, like what are some tips that you can share with regard to building a community surrounding your artwork on social media? Mm, um, I think... Well, surround yourself with people who inspire you and um, like ignore people who don't. Because I think the internet, um, as, as wonderful and, and, and um, like limitless as it is, right? Yeah. I think sometimes it can become very distracting. Um, like I was just talking to a friend who's a very, very talented illustrator a few days ago. And then he was telling me like how Instagram kills his morale. Because, like, everyone's okay. so good there. And I was like, but you're really good too. Like, you're probably killing someone else's morale. And I think, like, that's the the, the part of it that becomes very, um, like, it can become very dangerous to an individual who suffers from, like, esteem problems. or um, Because sometimes you need to believe in yourself before you can get inspired. Um, but then if you see a lot of beautiful things when you're not ready, it can become, like very, very intimidating. So I think just know what is your balance and knowing what is pushing you forward and what's holding you back um, and use like social media and, and all that um, that limitless, like, uh, um, like all this inspiration out there to inspire you and not hold you back. Right. Yeah. It's quite mm-hmm. interesting that you mentioned about like the, the comparison that people have on social media, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, it, it, it has been spoken about a lot whereby, you know, everyone says that Instagram is pretty much like your highlight reel mm-hmm. and you're comparing yourself to someone else's like highlight reel. So um, in your experience, like, do you have, have you felt maybe like a little bit of um, like self-esteem or anxiety as well? Mm, I wouldn't say that it got to the point of um, anxiety, but of course, like there are a lot of artists that I look up to and I'll be like, oh, how can I be more like this person? Like, how can I achieve this level of um, of like a... Um, like, like uh, just being very, very strong stylistically, and um, like um, being very creative, and um, but I, I don't feel that it has because when it comes to creativity, right? Like everyone is so different. Like I cannot compare myself to a tattoo artist who's really, really good, and I cannot compare myself to an illustrator. We are all different, so in a way, it's easy for me to say I look up to this person, but um. I can never be that person and that's okay. Mm. Um, so so I think for a lot of individuals um, who are assured of their own style, you're able to to say that. But for some people who are not that sure yet, it can become a little bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
understand. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, in one of the previous episodes of this podcast, I think Nicole mentioned mm-hmm. that um, she's very open to people approaching her on social media to like, you know, network and whatnot. And then you mentioned that through Instagram, you found your own community online as well. Yeah. Um, then I want to like turn it to the other side of things, right? Whereby, you know, I'm a young person. I want to start networking with people like yourself, like who I like, look up to, right? Um, how, how, how should I go about doing so? And like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in maybe you can kind of like relate to, relate it to your experience where people have approached you to, mm-hmm. to kickstart conversations. Like what works for you? Um, I would say like, um, be very clear what you want from that person, um, and what exactly you want to learn from that person. Um, a lot of people that I looked up to, I've never talked to them. I just sort of like stalked them from the, from the <laughs> shadows. Um, I said like, oh, they're too cool for me to talk to or things like that. And I think like the younger generation, of course, um, um, I've been, uh, like, like, sort of, I, I was like, not approach because it's not in a physical space, but they sort of like DM'd me and, and asked me about like, oh, like, oh, like what kind of materials do you use and blah, 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 which I think is like, oh, when I'm that, that your age, right, I was not so plucky, but like good on you and your generation. Um, you guys are very outspoken. Um, but yeah, like I always feel that you need to be very clear um, what exactly you want to learn from this person and then um, just respecting that person's time. Um, and uh, But a lot of this thing is like, even if you have that knowledge, it's not wisdom. Um, <laughs> it's like you might know the material, you might know how to do it, um, but it doesn't mean that you'll be able to to apply or like to create something that's entirely your own. So um don't don't I feel that like it's just it's just like uh be daring to to talk to a person but at the same time um don't feel that like uh that is gonna answer all the all your questions in life. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Now I asked this to all my guests uh, at the last part and I always ask them, you know, if you now that you've you've come to this point where you are and you've had your experience, you've you've mm-hmm. kind of like gone to the next level right if you were to kind of speak to the chimishimi of like you know the, the the beginning part of the journey um what are some advice or tips that you can give her mm, um i would tell her to just relax <laughs> <laughs> i was so uptight when i was a kid like uh, well not really a kid i think i started my artistic journey like in sort of like secondary school jc uni um and i wanted to to do everything right um I would tell her, like, select your projects, um, select your projects wisely, um, choose your, like, what to put your time and energy into wisely as well. Um, but at the same time, like, uh, like look forward and don't look back. <laughs> Got it. You know, when, yeah. you, when you say choose wisely, like, mm-hmm. what are some of the criteria mm-hmm. of, like, what, of what makes a wise decision? Mm-hmm. I think uh, a wise de- decision would come from you, like I feel that um don't do things that um that that you feel compelled to do just because someone else is doing it. Don't do it because like someone that um um like your friends are saying that oh that's the the in thing to do. I think that's usually the danger. Um, I've done a lot of projects that I felt that were kind of like silly and I will never show them to the world again. But I did them because I want to, and I think usually those are the things that I learned the most from. Um, yeah. So I think I think being wise comes from like just knowing what are the, what is your intention and yeah. knowing that your intention is sort of like pure it's not to impress someone else that's not yourself 
Makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Now, I have yeah. one last question, okay? And I think um, I'll put you on the spot a little bit, okay? So, you know how you did like the noise mentorship and then like mm. Pan kind of gave you like the the advice, right? Like, of, to push you a certain way. So like if you were to become a mentor one day, yeah. like what is that one mantra that you will give to like your mentee? <gasps> That's a tough one, right? <laughs> okay, okay, I'll give you time to think. <laughs> <laughs> because that will depend on the mentee. That's true. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah because I felt that what Pan um like what made made Pan such a good teacher, right, is that he doesn't he doesn't um insist on someone doing the stuff that he does. You know, like right. he's such an amazing graphic designer. But when I was like under his wing, I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna be an amazing graphic designer like you. But then he sort of like realized what like he looked at you as a as a creative and he sort of understand what your gaps, what your motivations, mm-hmm. what's your potential. And he pushes you in a way that is like not exactly who he is, but yeah. who you are. Okay. And I think like if I were to be a mentor that, you know, that I I would want to follow his um footsteps, right? I would want to do the same. Like right. it shouldn't be um my projection of who is a creative, but like who is this person in the first place right. and how can I So I I was gonna say like, okay, then what is your philosophy as a mentor? Um mm. so that I guess it would be to like um like kind of amplify yeah. the, the qualities of the mentee yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. like um, um, like understand who you are and then make that person that you are like like um, um, like express that person that you are to the world nice. um, yeah so so that's that's usually um, the, the best way to be a creator it is, it is. Yeah. Oh, Chimi, Chimi. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this podcast episode. My goodness, we have come to the end of season one of the Next Level Podcast. I look forward to seeing your Results World Halloween Horror Nights <laughs> exhibition. I'll be wink, first wink. in line. Next wink, year, wink. next year. Results World, next year, next year. Yeah, this yeah. year cannot. Wow, very sad. <laughs> I miss Halloween. Is Halloween your favorite season of the year? Like everyone's surprised that I don't watch horror movies. No, but like the 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 occasion, you know. Um. No, it's not. No. I'm shocked. <laughs> so no. what is it? Christmas. Yeah, Chinese I'm a Christmas type of person. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I don't know why. I'm not even like um. I don't even celebrate it like uh, as a Christian or anything. But uh, yeah, it's just. I just like that. It's the that, vibes, right? Yeah, I just like that everyone's being nice. See, this is a cute side of yeah, the Chibi yeah, Chibi yeah. coming out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. before the Christmas. So I'll see you at Halloween Horror Nights <laughs> next year. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, but before we leave, everybody, I just want to ask you, if people want to find you on social media, where can they find you? Um, well, I'm most active on Instagram. So... Um, at Chimishimi on Instagram. That's it. I don't use anything else. Nice. And if people want to commission you to do the Halloween Horror Nights uh, exhibition, how can they reach you? Um, DM? Email? Is that's it? email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For more serious commissions, like from, from Results World Sentosa. <laughs> it's chimishimi call, at gmail.com. Just calling them out. <laughs> and if you want to follow Now Academy on Instagram, it's Now Academy SG and you can get your tickets to shine now at www.denow.com nowcon.com thank you everyone for listening thank you Chimishimi for coming to this podcast it was my pleasure thank you it was fun I had fun too actually alright bye guys thanks for watching listening (laughs) (laughs)